This drink is tranquilizing Just look at us two Asleep at the beach in Waikiki So I find it very surprising He's coming to you But I am thankful that he Helped me to see Listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You've been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on sight. Welcome. It is They Must Be Destroyed on Site, episode 289, and I'm your host, Lee, Dead Rotting Whale Carcass Russell. <laughs> and I am joined by my lovely co-hosts with the Moses, Lee, exploding on the beach, Hardy. How are you doing, ma'am? Is that like orgasms? I don't know what it represents. <laughs> it was like a Monty Python sketch at the end of the fucking it thing. It feels like it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, what was... The other movie we watched where the car blew up as well. Uh, Dirty Harry. Crazy Crazy. Mary. Yeah, same thing. (laughs) Yeah, Dirty Mary, Crazy. One way or the other, it was, yeah. Oh, they got hit by a train, though. But either or, still, just one of those, like... But at least a a train's (laughs) a real thing that happens in the world, like train collisions. People just don't (laughs) spontaneously explode on beaches. It's it's a whole different thing, but... um, Maybe they do. (laughs) <laughs> maybe they do um yeah we're gonna be talking about something a little uh off off kilter here our continued hey we watch a movie and then we take someone's filmography from the cast of that movie and pick a movie from that filmography and see what happens basically we're rolling the dice half the time here and uh i think we did this time but i will say i there's a lot i enjoyed about this when when we get into it but it's it's a it's an oddball one it's it's more of a like a Early, they must be destroyed on sight. Kind of pick something we we'd pick back in the day. It is the Seed of Man from 1969, and uh, it's a post-apocalyptic kind of art house story. I don't even know how to explain it. it. It's all in like Italian, 
And so it's like, I couldn't even give you guys like a clip at the beginning. It's like, I'll just find a piece of music that vaguely fits the themes that are going on here. We can have that like crazy staticky feedbacky sound. Yeah. The whole, the whole score is (laughs) sorry. (laughs) It's all right. The whole score of this film is uh, also unique. But yeah, before we get into that, we can talk about what we've watched lately. And uh, I will throw over to you first. It's funny because like the only movies I've watched is literally for this podcast. Like I have (laughs) not been watching movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyways, um, I have been watching uh, Bear Girls Survival Island. Okay. Yeah. So basically he puts two separate groups that are entirely different um, or somehow unique in their own way. So um and try to see who survives better. So the one I'm watching, or was watching, was young and old. Okay. Now, anyways, doesn't matter. It honestly doesn't matter. It's the irony that this guy has created a survival show for the public, and is giving survival advice throughout like certain clips. Like this is okay. not what the the people get, but he's been caught cheating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when he does his survival shows he's been caught like the fact that he has cheated because like les mills who does like survivor man yeah you could tell the difference between both of them because this bear grills will live in like fruition of everything that just seems to come to him while like les mills you can see like sometimes he struggles and has to quit because he just can't survive he's yeah, like yep yeah, no listen bear grills wasn't he like a youtube guy like or something like that beforehand. Like I, I hear about him all the time. I've never seen any of his shit, but I, I've, I've heard. I don't about know. Him. I just remember hearing that he got caught cheating. So okay. yeah, the irony of that, and then the fact that you can tell that some of this is very staged as well. Not mm-hmm. all of it, just that there's moments where you're like, okay, this is not possible, or oh hey, this like technically, if they had like they don't have this, they can't really survive, or whatever the case may be. Right? It's just, it just they conveniently just find stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they're not working their asses off because still fucking awful. Like to be stranded on an island with not many resources, mm-hmm. even if they do like provide provisions to help. Yeah, it's still like challenging for those contestants. But it's just, just from like again, I just I think it's just because I watched a lot of Survivor Man, so I might just be making a theory, <laughs> and I'm totally wrong. But it just seems like everything's just sometimes too easy for them like it just comes conveniently mm-hmm. too well for them yeah but i mean you know these these reality shows almost i'd say 99.9 percent of them are all you know the fix is in basically it's like they're manipulated situations they got writers on the staff you know so you know they're thinking up storylines and shit for for these people and people are playing stuff it's the same sort of like thing with like jerry springer back in the day where he'd hire actors and wrestlers and stuff to play parts it's like, yeah. oh my, I'm fucking my stepsister, and we're living in the trailer next to my ex-husband, and blah blah blah. Like th- th- all that shit was like basically manipulated and made up for entertainment value. And it's like if if you actually watched a reality show about real people surviving in in the woods or whatever, and with no help, then you get Survivor Man, or you get something like even more boring than survivor man and you know someone's dying of hypothermia day two in the woods or whatever you know like yeah so yeah you you've gotta these these people don't join the casts of these shows unless they expect to get like uh famous off it and you know get more follows on their instagram or some shit you know at the very least so yeah yeah i like i could i absolutely could still see how it is extremely challenging no matter what because uh like i said it's still outside of your element it's still one of those things so absolutely like anyway i would never do it like mm-hmm. I just, 
say be the first to admit I would never ever ever do that. I know other people would totally be up for a challenge, and I know some people would totally survive without help. But mm-hmm. uh, these are like everyday people with no real survival instincts or survival practice or anything like that. Just some basic. I think they're given some basic training, very basic. Okay. But again, like there no one who there's nobody who really like practices survival. So mm-hmm. um, definitely like a cool challenge for sure. It's just one of those things, like just the the irony did not escape me <laughs> in that mm-hmm. show. <laughs> nice. Um, I'll just mention a couple things I watched. First two are in relation to uh, my other podcast I do with our friends Gary Hill and Cameron Scott, uh, the Last Call of Torchies podcast, which episodes, new episodes should be coming out sometime soon. I know Gary's working on them. He gets busy with stuff and, you know, life gets in the way, so he doesn't always get to edit stuff uh, super quick. But uh, we did um, the next Walter Hill film that was on our list of uh, Walter Hill films that we go through on Last Call of Torchies, and it's Geronimo, an American legend from 1993. And uh, I won't get too deep into it. I liked it. It was, it was pretty good. It was a nice epic Western right around the time when, you know, they were starting to make more Westerns again after uh, Unforgiven with uh, Clint Eastwood. And um, yeah, uh, when when that episode finally drops, I'll put the links down for people and uh, whatever, you know, probably next episode I'm I'm imagining uh, in the show notes. We'll we'll have the the links for that for people to uh, check that out. Uh, We did a Patreon episode, too, like we always do. Uh, we pair something up that's vaguely thematic to the uh, Walter Hill film that we're watching. And this time we did Ernest Goes to Camp from 1987. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of that one. I'll tell you now. I, I don't know what your thoughts on Ernest are. Uh, I haven't seen those movies since I was a kid. So I couldn't even tell you what they are. I don't even remember them. I just remember the faces on the VHS tapes, like mm-hmm. the, the covers. That's all. I like don't I, remember any details of the movie. Yeah, like I really like Jim Varney and and I think he's really good. But Ernest Goes to Camp was like the first one and they had not figured out what to do yet, really. It's just kind of like if you had taken Ernest out of that, you could have turned it into a sexy teen comedy in a camp kind of thing from the 80s, that kind of idea. But instead they turned it into a kids movie with a bunch of fucking shitty little kids who suck. Uh, like there's there's supposed to be a, a group of good kids that Ernest is friends with, and then a group of bad kids. But both groups of kids are just pieces of dog shit, and they treat they all treat Ernest like crap. Um, I like Ernest Scared Stupid. That's the one I vividly remember and and like with the uh, the trolls and shit like that that he ends up fighting. Again, that, I remember the the VHS covers, but I do not remember the movies. Yeah, well, maybe maybe we're gonna do. Maybe I'm gonna have to like, hey Gary, you want to come on the show and recommend a movie, recommend an earnest movie for us to watch on? <laughs> they must be destroyed on site. That might happen. We'll see. The only other thing I watched was uh, a movie from 2021 called Boss Level. Uh, this stars Frank Grillo, who. Uh, it's sort of a minor action star. Like he's, he's one of those action stars like Jason Statham who like gets a lot more bad pictures than he gets good pictures. And a lot of them just kind of like direct to digital streaming. Don't show up in theaters kind of thing. Um, but this was kind of good. I liked it. it it's kind of takes the groundhog day thing, but it's like, it's got the rules of a video game. Kind of, it kind of equates him to be like kind of stuck in a kind of a, 
hyper stylized kind of uh, situation where he keeps repeating the same day over and over again. And he's got to like try to defeat this evil motherfucker who was was fucking with him and his girlfriend and he gets killed over and over again. And he's got to kind of keep retracing his steps and remembering, oh, yeah, I got to do this. I got to do this. This this bad guy tries to do this to me at this point. So it's like he keeps he has to re he has to learn the steps. So it's kind of like a video game in a way. That, where, yeah, yeah. Where you got to remember certain moves and stuff like that. So he he's doing that, and like it starts off right in the middle of things. So you're not quite sure what's going on right away, but he explains it to you. And then as he repeats his days, uh, the movie does the wise thing of not doing it too often. So like sometimes we breeze through things like Groundhog Day did, you know, like after you get into a few days, it's like, okay, we know what happens every time. So we'll breeze through some stuff until we catch up with new stuff. Like he progresses a little bit and then it's like a whole new thing. Cause then it's like, he doesn't know what to do and the audience doesn't know what to expect. And um, I think it was pretty well done. Like it, it did not get a lot of eyes and not a lot of people watched it, but it's a good little action movie. Uh, it's got Mel Gibson in it as the bad guy. He's really good. Um, and I enjoyed it. And it's like this whole team of like other bad guys too. So it's almost like there's little mini bosses. He's got to fight on his way to finally get to Mel Gibson and kill him and, and you know, figure out a way to beat him. So uh, I thought it was, was I thought it was kind of neat. It wasn't too that bad. It does sound neat. It is. Yeah. It was a fun little action movie. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about The Seed of Man. And um, I just want to, you know, put down our mission statement for everyone before we do that. So here it goes. Kill everyone now. Condone first degree murder. Advocate cannibalism. Eat shit. Filth are my politics. Filth is my life. Take whatever you like. Ah! If you're interested in topics such as cryptids, airline crashes, aliens, true crime, technology, conspiracy theories, disasters, paranormal activity, religion, science, and pop culture, then That Sorta Weird might be a podcast you'll want to add to your library. The new That Sorta Weird podcast explores all these topics and more while trying to be informative, critical, and humorous. Your hosts, Mike and Iris, have worked together in the podcasting space for over a decade now and have a unique chemistry, one that just might draw you in and make you laugh. New episodes of That Sorta Weird drop every two weeks and can be found on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast delivery systems. If you're old school and listen from your desktop PC, just head over to thatsortaweird.com to listen to new and archived episodes. So fire up your favorite pod app and search for That Sorta Weird to subscribe and listen today.
Um, yeah, so The Seed of Man from 1969. We don't have a trailer. I mean, there is a trailer, but it's all in Italian, so it's like, how's that going to help anybody? We can make one up. Just make some weird noises and uh, <laughs> make babies. Make babies. I want a baby. <laughs> do, do it in a slightly Italian accent. Make the babies. Make the babies. End of the world. Make the babies. Yes. I want a baby. I want a child. You need a child. You need to birth a child. Uh, this is directed by Marco Ferrari. Um, I am not familiar with his work at all. This is the first thing of his I've ever seen. Uh, he's a director, actor, writer with 36 directing credits. Uh, he did stuff like The Little Apartments, The Conjugal Bed, The Ape Woman, Dillinger is Dead, Don't Touch the White Woman, uh, and Tales of Ordinary Madness. Uh, many of his films apparently are like black comedies and satirical observations of uh, social conventions and middle-class sexual mores, apparently. Um, and he was like criticized for his stridently bleak view of human nature. I guess he was kind of a, uh, he was a atheist and uh, a self-styled anarchist and just kind of a cynical kind of guy. So I guess he didn't think too uh, highly of uh, human beings, uh, constantly, mm -hmm. I guess, criticized uh, the patriarchy, uh, things like that. So, um, yeah, sounds kind of cool, actually. Uh, we got writers here, Marco Freire again, Sergio Bazzini. Uh, he did stuff like A for Assassin. He did one of the fake Terrence Hill, Bud Spencer movies, Convoy Buddies. And he also uh, wrote on Dillinger is Dead uh, with uh, Marco Freire. We got... And Wyzimski as Dora. Uh, none of her credits really rung a bell with me. They were all basically, oh, I did a bunch of Italian films that you've never heard of. So it's like, okay. <laughs> um, we got Marzio Margine as uh, Chino. And uh, he was in stuff like Crypt of the Vampire and 12 Plus One, which looked kind of interesting. Um, it's got like Orson Welles in it and some other people. And mm. like, I guess it's about like a guy uh, inherits like a bunch of antique chairs and he sells them off. But what he doesn't realize is like there's jewels hidden in them. So he's got to go like seek them out and try to get them back, I guess. Sounded kind of cool. The reason for us doing this film, uh, Lady Lee picked her last time. Uh, Rada Razumov as blonde girl from Major D. Vautis, uh squad. <laughs> so, like, a nothing role here. Like, I think she tries to steal Boops. a watch or something at one point. Boobs. She She's there for up. nipples, and that's it. Yeah, there's a lot of nipples in this. There's a lot of, like, I, I can see, like, nipples. yeah, I think uh, Marco Freire had a fetish for, like, you know, cold nipples under fabric. Because <laughs> just nip, I feel like just nipples in general, mm -hmm. like didn't matter what the nipples were, because even like the dead body, the sand. Oh nipples. yeah, the the yeah the uh, the sand sculpture of the woman. Yeah. You know, like so for sure, for sure, there's something about the clothes, nipples, but there's also just nipples in general. I mean, again, a man after my own. Uh, interest i guess because uh <laughs> i guess he's he's into the boobies and the nipples so yeah we got maria Teresa piaggio as priest and uh i could figure out if this was a dude or a woman i didn't i didn't check um any deeper into this but it says maria Teresa piaggio and yeah i don't know um, the only audio i heard sounded masculine sounded masculine yeah so, so i don't know if it was just a voice over like a dub over like, I, I think don't it know. Might have been. But 
I wonder if there's like a reason why they took a female, unless like they had another part for her, and then they're like, ah, fuck it, we'll just do this instead. It might have been. It was just. It was very weird. Like it just didn't seem like it was necessary. It didn't seem like there wasn't that character didn't play much. Mm. Like there wasn't anything about it, um, unless the person wanted to be like that. Like that was how they wanted to identify as. That's cool, but like I don't mm-hmm. see yeah. the. I didn't see the reason if there was a reason for that. That's all. Yeah. Maybe it's all they had because I mean, this, this is a very low budget film. Like it, I, I don't have a it, budget for it, but it looks like it was made for $5. Like it could be, it honestly could be and they technically priests have to be male, mm-hmm. like in the Catholic church. And that's all they had left. But also this is like a new regime after the plague. So maybe there's something else going on there. Who knows? Um, so anyway, uh, he, she, whichever, I'm assuming she, was in uh, The Grand Duel, Enter the Devil, and Flavia, the Heretic. We have Milaviva Diana Froshini as armed girl from Major D. Vautis squad under the, and they were in under the sign of Scorpio, which kind of looked interesting, but none of their other credits like did anything to, for me. Um, we got Angela Pagano, as, and I think that's the uh, – oh, we don't even get a character name for her. She <laughs> this, is not, this has popped up a lot recently where we've had, like, people on the cast where they don't have, like, a character name. Like, it's just, oh, this person. But uh, they had some interesting uh, – well, one interesting um, credit here. Uh, and I, I think probably the, this, this person's one of the most uh, – active of the actors on this cast too but the the credit that popped out to me is from 2004 too much romance it's time for stuffed peppers i don't know it, it just sounded funny to me um <laughs> you gotta have a snack after you fuck come on now i, I guess too much romance time for stuffed peppers uh yeah i guess i've made stuffed peppers they're delicious well if you make them what, what do you what do you stuff them with? What did I have? I had rice and ground beef and stuff in mine and other stuff. Okay. I was on like a Mexican kick, so I was doing all these different recipes that I found. Okay, yeah, I'd eat those after banging. Um, any. <laughs> I just eat any, food. <laughs> yeah, you don't need you don't need any special circumstances. Then <laughs> it, it, it could be after it could be after you wake up. You know, you know. I'm food motivated. Yeah. <laughs> we have Annie uh, Giradot as foreigner woman. So she's the, uh, she's, I, I think she's the, the sexy woman who enters in on their partnership or whatever and tries to become the new chick in town kind of thing. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have to wait uh, to say what I want to say. <laughs> and uh, she was also in The Secret Agents. Uh, she was also in uh, Ferrari's Dillinger is dead and she was in shock treatment in 1973 and she has a ton of credits i think she has the most credits at anybody on this uh we have a synopsis here from someone called duke 1029 at aol.com <laughs> on imdb you've got mail <laughs> you've got mail i mean people still have aol uh email addresses i have heard that yeah yeah during a post-apocalyptic period in the near future, the majority of the European population has been wiped out by some sort of undefined plague. Chino and Dora, a young couple, are rounded up by what constitutes the authorities on an isolated temporary base. They are examined and given antibiotics, which will protect them for six months. 
told to pick out a deserted house to live in the area and use that time to conceive a child. They later visited by an enigmatic blah, 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 group of black clothes, initially threatening vigilantes who are evidently satisfied with the couple when they hear that a child is contemplated. However, despite her evident fondness for Chino, Dora is reluctant to try to conceive, conceive a baby. Then their domestic tranquility is interrupted by a beautiful French interloper who seems as if she is more than willing to fill in for Dora and conceive Chino's children. Yeah, that's kind of what happens in the movie. That's a lot of detail. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is true. Don't get me wrong. That was literally like a phase by phase by phase. Like this happens and, I, and then this happens and then this happens. And I feel like they're trying to like make sense of what's going on too, because you know, the plot doesn't really like stuff happens, but it doesn't necessarily spell out what's going on half the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the first time watch for both of us. Uh, I'll throw it over to you first, uh, Lady Lee. And what are your general thoughts on it? Okay, so this is another movie that I would very much enjoy to be seen remade because I think mm -hmm. there was a really interesting concept, but again, it wasn't executed very well. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I have a very like back and forth with this movie. So intro part, um, really well done. I thought the first intro, like the end, uh, or yeah, the intro credits mm -hmm. added a very suspenseful, freaky kind of like terrifying atmosphere like vibe type thing um so you were prepared for like strange things to happen like it was we very should, yeah and we should explain that like the opening credits is basically a slideshow of black and white close-up photos of people's faces and they you know and then there's this droning electronic tone over the whole yeah thing. i thought my headphones weren't plugged in properly mm. like this hum so i thought that it was at first i was like oh no shit it's the movie so it's it's really good it sets a tone for the movie like it really sets you out with like this dread this really mm. feeling of dread like so you get that right away and then the scene with the as soon as you come up with the scene the woman's holding like a blow-up doll yeah and then yellow i'm like okay i'm liking this this is kind of weird it's kind of adding the strange because this is like a an under budget like one of those um uh, what's the movie for it? Uh, indie type things. It is, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it gives you that like weird. So there's the idea that there's like no rules to the world, so it's very chaotic. So you just mm -hmm. get that right again. Like it's it just goes so well with this chaotic feeling, and you have like the music playing in the back, like the TVs playing in the background. It's so loud and it's mm -hmm. so like distressful. Like you feel everyone's distress and fear and whatever, and then um. And then it just dies off. Mm -hmm. Like you have such a good buildup, like such this intensity. And even when you get into the the thing, like it's very creepy. Like it's very like, oh, don't bother anymore. She's dead. And like, it's like, yeah, she's dead. And uh, the kid that they kept, I know they were like mannequin dolls, but they kept picking up these kids that were funny. But again, yeah. still added the tone of like it's um, everyone's very like jaded. They don't care. Like it's just whatever you know. Blah, very blah. very aloof. Like yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the word for it. So like, they, they, it's just they're used to this. It's just whatever. So again, it adds that dread, it adds that feeling of like the necessity to try and save the world. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to the house, um, it just goes downhill for a while. Like I was hoping there would be more. Like once they turn on TV for the news, um, the playful music was playing while they show New York burning. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. um, 
But yeah, then I lost it for a while. And then we're met with this character that pops in who wants to take over the place. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like, we're getting into something. Yeah, so then she comes into play. She's floating with the husband. She ends up fucking the husband while she's in the bed. Mm-hmm. Just laying there. I thought there was going to be a threesome first. Like, I thought... This Me was too. Because like, like she was... touching her? Yeah, she was trying for it. Like, I think she was. She was. Yeah. And uh, then they just fuck. Like, he mm-hmm. just fucks while they're beside her. And she's... The poor girl is just in bed being like what's happening right now mm-hmm. and then the next scene that we see is uh the one who wants to take over she tries to kill our lead girl yeah woman sorry i just said woman not girl and there's this fight very pathetic fight by the way but yeah they they, they, they they shoot they shoot it from a long distance too because it's like these are not they're not trained with choreography or anything like that they're just kind of like play fighting and like so yeah. to try to hide that a bit they the camera is way off like yeah but uh anyways our uh main protagonist wins mm-hmm. and then i'm thinking like oh this is gonna get interesting again because we had this fight now she has to hide the body which is even cooler because she just won she kissed her while she's dead which i was laughing i was like good on you girl that was fucking mm-hmm. awesome and then cuts her leg off and cooks it and feeds it to the husband yeah amazing amazing and then i'm thinking like this is going to lead up to something because like you see this big bruise on the neck they're flirting with each other and then it dies again yes yeah, <laughs> we it, lose the momentum again it, it refuses to be a movie like it because you, you think okay it's gonna it, it's either gonna be like this intense drama between these three characters playing off of each other or after the murder of the of the outsider woman you think it's going to be like another like tense mystery like the husband like what happened to her and how'd you get that bruise on your neck but none of that comes up at all and where did this fucking delicious food come from that you enjoyed mm-hmm. so much? like there was and there was never a moment when he figures it out either because it could have had like this dramatic moment right because again like they're by themselves so there could have been this like psychological like distress between them because of just being out in the will like the nothingness with no one mm-hmm. communicating nothing to do so like yeah your sanity is going a little bit so that would have been cool to play on and then, um, again, yeah, just, like, we lose the momentum again. And then we get right to the end where he fucks her while she's sleeping. So, basically, drugs her mm-hmm. and fucks her. And then celebrating that she's pregnant. And it's done. She just blows up and it's done. Yeah. It's just, like, okay. <laughs> and, and I'm, like, oh, my God. Like, there was such potential. That there were so many good fucking clever uses of camera, music, sound, lighting, everything. Like, considering what it was. There was just so much that I was so excited about. And then I just lost it. And it went into, mm. like, the life and times of these two people. Which, by the way, their whites are really fucking white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, even mm-hmm. the dead whale. Like, I thought there was to be more about the dead whale. But yeah. they made such a big deal about it. But really, you could have taken that part out. And it wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm with you. Like, the, the beginning of this is, like, really effective. Because... You get that slideshow, you get that weird score behind it, and then it basically sets you up like, okay, so there, I guess, is a world war going on or something at this point? Yeah, some, something crazy. Like, the, and they said the last time there was a world war was 50 years, so I guess you're supposed to, like, assume this is, like, 1990-something, you know? It's kind of set in the near future. And then we learn there's a plague that's happened uh, as this war is going on and they don't really explain much more other than that and then these two they kind of like they're very aloof like i said like they 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 seem not to care about what's going on like they feel like it can't touch them or something like that which 
kind of rings true when you see how many people during COVID were like, ah, it's fine. It's just the flu or whatever, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so we see them drive in the country. They're going for a drive off into the country or whatever it is. And they go through that tunnel and they go sort of they go through it in real time. And like it gets really dark in there. Right. For a little while, like there's a good 20 seconds where we don't see anything. And then they come out the other side of the tunnel. And then there's this pulled over bus with all these dead kids in it who have apparently died from the plague. And I guess they've driven right into a plague zone. And then the officials come down on them and take them away and, and relocate them. And like, they don't seem resistant to it at all. Yeah. I was wondering, I was like, are you, were you, did you know about this? Like, did you hear about this? So you're actually searching to go. Cause even like when they got there, they're like, okay, you have no vehicles allowed here. Um, and we're going to check you in. So, I don't know if this was something that was planned, if they knew what was going on, if we were supposed to know, like, I think, I think it's supposed to be, but like, they don't do a good job of explaining what's going on, which no, that, that left me a little confused and lost. Yeah. But I, I did think that what they did for that scene, they did do a good job. Cause like you said, they were very aloof and you showed no feelings or care that they mm -hmm. were like burning all these people and like, tossing these dead children i mean is, um, is this is this not the shit that like all the conspiracy nuts during covid believed the government was actually doing like yeah yeah, yeah they're they're gonna take us away to camps and they're gonna burn the bodies and it's nazi germany all over again and yeah all that bullshit that is, yeah it's, and they were taking pictures of like um cigarette ads like the the street mm -hmm. plays with the cigarettes with the, the empty um body bags yeah, yeah. And people were saying that, look, what they're showing as COVID, and they were saying mm -hmm. that real bodies in these bags. Yeah, that's that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like there 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 is definitely some like interesting parallels, like you know, six almost uh, almost uh, fifty five more more years like removed from when this movie came out or whatever. Um, but you know, like it 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 sets all this stuff up, and then it like it doesn't really. It doesn't explain enough. It, it shows us too much that we kind of need an explanation for what's going on. If they had just put us in the post-apocalypse, you don't need an explanation for that. Like Mad Max, you don't need an explanation for Mad Max. You know it's Mad Max. You know what's going on, right? Yeah, it's, especially since like when we saw them leave, everyone was so casual. Mm -hmm. Like again, I that's what I was kind of like playing off the idea that this was a die, dying world and everybody knew and they just kind of accepted it. Mm -hmm. And these people are like, oh yeah, we're gonna go here. So if that was kind of like to me, I thought it was just a clever way of doing it. But now that I think about it, now that we've watched this, it just feels like it's just wasn't planned. Because at yeah. first, when I first watched it, I was like, okay, this is gonna be cool. Like you're gonna kind of take this idea of like this. Um, like this dystopia, like this this weird world where um, it's coming to an end and they've accepted that they're all going to die. And then they're sending out these two people because they're fertile and able to produce to the safe area, like something like that. Right. But we weren't really introduced to that. So that was just me assuming. And then mm -hmm. when we get to the other part. Like it's just again, it doesn't tie into like the first scene we saw, unfortunately. Yeah. It, it, it seems like it seems like the population that we see in the beginning, like they're eating in the restaurant and stuff and they're, you know, they're buying stuff and they're going on their trip or whatever. They seem so unconcerned. They and everybody else in the restaurant seem so unconcerned. Yeah. Like, like I feel like the director is trying to make a point here because 
I, I noticed some things that keep popping up in this, right? So first off, there's a plague, and they kind of they kind of hint that it's sort of like the actual bubonic plague that basically devastated Europe, um, almost wiped out the entire population of Europe, basically. And also World War II, which also had some of the same uh, effects, really, of, on Europe. Like, it, it was essentially the end of the world almost both times around like so much infrastructure and stuff was destroyed and so many people were killed during world war ii in europe that it was almost basically the end of the world over again and i feel like he's trying to make some point about how maybe europeans have not quite learned the lessons of those two events maybe like just you know they've rebuilt and they're comfy and they're being very casual and dismissive of everything because they're so comfortable and, and prosperous. I don't know. Like I, I'm just kind of, I was just kind of pulling that in the back of my mind. I think we were both trying to <clears throat> justify the reason why they did what they did at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I think there might be less than what we think. Like we're just trying really hard. Cause yeah. again, like we said, it was just so well done at the beginning. Cause there was just this tone that was set so well, but there was panic. Like you felt the panic, mm -hmm. Um, through the images they were showing, but everybody was so calm. Yeah. So because you want to read more into that. You want to like have uh, more of an explanation of why that is. Not. I mean, like, don't don't we have the same effect though today though? Um, so like the footage we see on TV is all black and white World War II footage that they repurpose for this film, and it's kind of the same thing with like you know people eventually when they first started seeing like the Desert War uh, Desert Storm on CNN. Like those are, you know, those are images of war and, you know, they're not super horrific, like they're fairly well censored and stuff, but they're still seeing the effects of war on TV <laughs> and the general population is intaking that from a distance. Like there's, there's a safety there, right? Like there's a perceived safety net. Uh, there's a buffer between the actual events and that stuff actually affecting the people back home or whatever. Um, and I feel like it's kind of the same thing here where it's like, oh, they're watching this shit. This is shit that's happening somewhere else on TV. And like at one point they're watching when they're in the beach house, they're watching as well. Uh, we get some more footage before the TV goes off the air, basically, where like it's the Vatican, I guess it, it's getting bombed and they pull the Pope out of the wreckage. This is where they use like they use rear projection with the actual uh World War II footage, and then they film new footage. So they have like these guys in masks, which, by the way, looks a lot like um, George Romero's The Crazies, which would come a few years later. They kind of reminded me of that. So, George Romero, you hack. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, they're, you know, a TV camera comes up on these guys, and it's like, is that the Pope? We can't talk about that. We can't. We can't uh, admit it's the Pope. We can't say it is or isn't. So can we at least get a last statement from him or whatever? And then he like you know says, "Oh, forgive us, God, for we have sinned and all this shit." So it's like they've pulled the Pope out of the wreckage of the Vatican or something. You know, the shit's going down. So yeah, like at times this movie's like really horrific and effective, and then it just goes back to, "Oh, let's do another twenty minutes of of fucking Chino collecting shit for his." fucking museum that <laughs> the fact that they had like milk and cheese and all this stuff like mm -hmm. literally things things that go bad within days with, especially with no refrigeration and you get to see maybe one cow mm -hmm. like i'm not saying 
um, they don't have a, an ability, but they literally have nothing to make anything. Like it's a lot more complex to do a lot of these things survival wise. So again, it takes you out of it. Cause it just looks like they're just casually having a vacation. Maybe there's, maybe there's some sort of Adam and Eve thing going on because they're like provided with almost everything just because kind of maybe, yeah, maybe, but it's just, like I said, it's just, the it seems like the intro was just so well done. The beginning was so well done. And mm-hmm. we both have theories on like why people acted the way they do. I just wish there was answers to it. I wish it was like, um, if it was no so, so nonchalant about it, I wish we kind of saw it more with them too. Like, even if it was, um, I don't even know, even if it was like them walking by more dead bodies or something and it just didn't matter to them. Or mm-hmm. seeing like something in the distance or hollering or screaming in the distance and you just see like them because they're in the safe zone and they don't care. Like something that where they're, they're disconnected from the real world. Like anything, right? Anything mm-hmm. really like show you. But it's... Um, it's not. Yeah, because we don't nothing. even we don't even know what's going on outside because yeah. At, at first, it's like government officials and stuff that place them. You know, basically, oh, go out into the you know the quarantine zone and find a house and set up. You got six months. Like the drugs we gave you are gonna like you know immunize you for six months from the plague, and you know, and any other sort of disease you might run into. And so that gives you time to set up and, you know, have a baby and all that other shit. But we don't get any, like, all of a sudden it seems like there's a regime change of some sort. Because then those, that group of, like, who we first think are raiders show up on the horse. She's running faster than the horse, by the way. Yeah, well, they're they're not, like, they're not, like, really chasing her. They're just following her. No, but still, she's running. And these people are on horses, like. Yeah. And you see them going, like. Well, that, 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 that's the that's the thing. It's like it's obvious they weren't there the raid because they're they're just like scoping out the area, so they're just kind of like casually following her from you know he- holding back full speed, basically. Like they got a priest with them, and they're all kind of dressed in black and shit. And so it seems like some sort of theocratic new government is set up in the, in the quarantine zone at the very least. Yeah, and they're going around with a big book, like putting people's names in it, and like you have to have a kid, you know, like get, get on with the fucking, you know, kind of thing. We have to repopulate the world. So it's like, what's happening in the outside world? Like, yeah. Did it, has everything collapsed at this point? Like, are there more people that they're producing? Cause are, didn't they say like you're entering the court system, so find a house. So mm-hmm. there's multiple houses. So there should be multiple people as we saw that one person. And where did that one person come from? Was she quarantined for other stuff? I don't mind that they left her a mystery. That's, that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. that, totally cool like she says she says she steals stuff so she mm-hmm. snuck in like like that's what i assumed been, yeah like she could have done something like that or she could have been in there just to steal stuff and leave um again how they dealt with her was really fun i i think that was cleverly done mm-hmm. um i don't understand i really don't understand again you're in a post-apocalyptic world and um all the clothes look really even though they're really fancy they look really comfortable Mm-hmm. So, like, I totally get it. I would have worn all those fancy clothes because they look really comfy and I would have laced around being like, hey, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die in this, like, feathered boa jacket thing. What What are the... So, like, the beach house they, they decide to occupy, the previous owner, who's the director, by the way, who's sitting in the chair dead, uh, what are the chances that he's in a house where it's, like, he's got all this, like, he's got everything they could ever want. He's got all the fancy women's clothes. He's got all the fancy dudes' clothes. That fit her. Yeah. And fit him. <laughs> it's like, 
Okay. Like a lot of stuff is very conveniently laid out for them, for them just to tell the story, basically, I guess. But, but yeah, go on. Sorry. I was just going to say, like, so, like, you know, and then the guy, he's so bored. She's not putting out as far as, like, we're going to have a baby or whatever. So he's so bored that he starts his little fucking museum where he's got, like, the big preserved cheese wheel of Parmesan. And he's got, like, a watch. And he's got a Viewmaster, by the way, you know, like, fucking Thunderdome, you hack. Uh, they, <laughs> they, they did the Viewmaster first. But, yeah, it's all, it's just, like, a bunch of, it feels like there's, like, 40 minutes they could have cut out of this film. Like, they're, where yeah. they're just not doing anything interesting. No, even in the part where they left because a whale was stinking so bad, you didn't even have to have the whale. Like, the whale wasn't even utilized for anything. There's mm-hmm. been so many things you could have done with it, especially survival, but nothing was used with it. Did you, think the, uh, did you think the whale was real? I thought it was a prop. I was pretty sure it was, like, a constructed, like, like paper. Oh, it was, sh- paper yeah, definitely, thing. like, when they hit the bone, it, you saw it shake. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so I know I know for sure. I just mean in the movie itself, like they came with them because they said that it was rotting and it was mm-hmm. stinking. Yeah, yeah. So they, the, it was real to them, but it wasn't. Um, oh, yeah. They, you see them smoking out their house, like to get rid of flies and stuff. Because and... it's stinking so bad. They have to leave. They have mm-hmm. to go somewhere else. Again, that could have been cool because you could have found something else about civilization that gave you more ish, 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 information on what's going on outside. But no, he, so we he just watched people have a mud shower. Yeah, and he had, and he and he found a he found a uh, like garage full of weird mannequins, and he somehow he somehow had the time to take every like he maybe he could take two at a time or something like that, right? Because they don't look super heavy, but like they are awkward. But he takes yeah. all of them and he brings them back to the beach, and then he shows her like, "Look what I've done! I've brought them all back and put them under cellophane for some reason." Like, okay. Well, that could be with the whole sanity thing, but again, he didn't really play with the sanity, so it doesn't even, it wasn't even fun thing that mm-hmm. happened. It would just seem like silly at this point. But uh, what I don't understand, again, you're in a post-apocalyptic world. Why the fuck are you wearing high heels? Mm-hmm. That's why the girl lost the fight. It's because she was wearing fucking high heels. Why? What, in the sand? Like, I get the whole looking good. I love it. Cool. Put them on the occasion, but literally walking around for no one to see or do or anything, just casually wear them to like kill mm-hmm. your feet, well, damage your knees. So, what, so what you're saying is, if you were ever to sneak up on someone on the beach to with your intent to murder them, you're not wearing high heels. No, I'm not, and I can guarantee you that first hit would have caused a lot more damage than what we saw. Because <laughs> if I, think- I were to hit somebody in the back of the head, I think I probably would have done like. I might not have knocked them out, but I know I would have like put them out pretty good. Mm-hmm. But no, we. <laughs> yeah, she didn't plan this out too well. Um... They both look very pathetic using any tools. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was, uh, I was very surprised with the use of. Uh, sorry, I kept when I saw the heels at one point. I'm like, okay, she's probably like peacocking. She wants to impress, mm-hmm. but then she's wearing them all the time. I'm like. Fuck off. Like, the other girls wearing flats. Just wear fucking flats. Go ahead. Wear the fancy fucking clothes. Because all of them were, like, really, they weren't tight, but they were, like, flowy and whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? That totally works for me. And then the one point where she's, like, waving herself because it's so hot. And she's wearing a fucking wig and gloves yeah. and a jacket. I wonder why you're fucking hot. Yeah, like, she's she's dressed for, like, fall. <laughs> like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, trying to see what else I had. I had some things that... <laughs> <laughs> the nipples, the nipples made me laugh. Mm-hmm. 
the the one point where they drive run down to the end of the beach and then they both they get like a, a shot of both of them like a portrait and then they run back to the building and i'm like that was literally just to show her nipples just off. to show the nipples yeah that was the only reason and then when the blonde like the person the actress that i picked mm-hmm. when she shows up and she's just there it's just a shot portrait again portrait of her Literally just for the nipples, because yep. your point was entirely pointless. You tried to steal a watch, and the guy tried to shoot you. You could have taken that out, and it wouldn't have mattered. Mm-hmm. Like the character I picked had no point in this movie. He, he he literally is like, I've got a couple really beautiful women in this film. I'm going to show them. I'm going to show their nipples. It's, it was yeah. totally. It was totally the reason. Like, and you know, I I, I feel like he's not making any. Uh, I, I feel like he's not trying to hide it either. You know, so you know, I, I respect him. It's like you, you wanted to get as much nipple on this fucking thing as you could without like having the to dead make body it all the that time. was covered at first and we uncovered mm-hmm. it just put the thing on and I'm like that person just was there to have booby show. Mm-hmm. And okay, that beginning when he's like pumping the air and it's not even on her face, <laughs> floating there, and then he's like. You're wasting your time, and the doctor's like, "She's dead." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mind you, again, that added to, to the the idea that we had, um, just the idea of like not even caring anymore, not mm-hmm. really even trying. The, the yeah, cool, yeah, she is dead. Like the who cares? Who gives a fuck? It's the end of the world. Yeah. Um. So I have a question for you. Okay. Um. Why do you think she blew up at the end? Oh. I. I honestly do not have a real like the only thing I can think of is like the patriarchy destroyed her. I I feel like is kind of maybe the message in this like like the the whole movie is essentially about when you get deep down into it I think it's about taking away you know my body my choice from a woman like that that is that is pretty much the central theme here like she is totally resistant she doesn't want to bring a kid into this shitty dead world and fucking chino is just like he's got this male drive this patriarchal male drive that won't be denied and he has to drug and rape her in order to impregnate her by the end which you know chino fuck you um i was expecting like they'd go the realist kind of uh method here and she would like pick up a rock off the beach and kill him or something like that you know like it would be it'd be a much more kind of like realistic kind of ending instead they go for again it's like a monty python sketch it's like running down the beach and all of a sudden they blow up for whatever reason or because the only the only thing i could think of that might be mildly realistic is maybe there's a landmine in the beach from world war ii or something but I don't think that's what he was going for. I, I I don't know what it means other than maybe this is the patriarchy destroying a woman. I I have this feeling the reason why she blew up was because she didn't get pregnant in time. Because I okay. think the oh are reason, you think oh you think they the pills were explosive? Not the pills. They said we're going to give you a needle. It's only for the females. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it was something to set off that if they didn't report a baby within the six months, because they gave him a house and stuff, they were no good to them. So Oh, okay. So they were like utilitarian. Like, either you get pregnant or get the fuck out. And I mean, this is technically a sci-fi movie because it's set in the future. Mm -hmm. So the idea that they could have injected her with like some sort of mini explosive that's, you know, 
and the hormone that um, women get when they're pregnant, like the one that's uh, detected when they pee on a stick, Mm -hmm. like if that's on in their body, then it wouldn't, like it doesn't, it allows for the bomb to detonate. So if they're not, it doesn't sense that uh, hormone. Wow. I think you nailed it. That's just my theory. Cause like they never really explained why they gave her an injection. They just, um, and and technically like, what I do think, because they came in and tested the blood, like they did the blood thing. So I might mm-hmm. be testing her blood again for the pregnancy thing. So at the yeah. end of the six months, because had he reported um, that she's pregnant, they probably either could have detonated the bomb, but because it was at that six months, because they kept saying six months, it's six months, you're at six months, and she wasn't pregnant, for whatever reason, to detonate it, because obviously you don't need an explanation of why, mm-hmm. how it would be detonated unactivated yeah yeah but yeah at the end of the six months you're done i like your i like your explanation for that actually that makes the movie make a lot more sense yeah and then um my other theory because this i realized like it's gonna be hard to tell for like i said it might be the hormone like the idea of saying like if they didn't have the hormone she the bomb wouldn't go off but if she Mm -hmm. didn't have the hormone Sorry, the bomb would go off, but she didn't have that hormone, the bomb wouldn't go off. Um, or um, some weird concept of saying because she got pregnant, it set off the bomb. So that's my other thing. I mm-hmm. don't know why I had that theory, but I thought it'd be interesting because they say, like, yeah, we want you to have kids, but realistically, because like the world is dead, they actually don't want you to procreate. And then they're like done with you. Which this one's a little bit more far fetched. I absolutely admit yeah, it. Yeah, they wouldn't. I, they wouldn't go like it, it feels like they wouldn't go to all this trouble. They'd just kill you. But that's what I mean. It's like entertainment for them. I get like if they if you go on the assumption that they're being watched and like the people on horseback are kind of just like play acting a little bit. So it, it kind of gets into a weird like um you know that BBC show uh, that spy show The Prisoner. Or- yeah. Where, yeah, it kind of becomes something like that where like everybody's like a double agent and they're they're just kind of like testing these two and like fucking with them constantly and yeah yeah yeah, yeah so i have that because uh, my only issue is like because she was pregnant technically the bomb wouldn't go off but then mm-hmm. again we don't know how like that's why i said it was too late like they she got pregnant but it was just too late because right. like either they weren't able to tell them in time so they could deactivate it or give her like an antidote for the whatever mm-hmm. so that's kind of where i'm unsure for that one because then if she was pregnant Again, because of that hormone, it would set that. Um, it, it is something that could set off the bomb. Because like, um, ugh, or, my only thing is like, you don't show pregnancy symptoms that early, and like, it can so, take a so little wait, longer to get so pregnant. Wait, maybe she wasn't pregnant. Maybe she wasn't pregnant. Maybe she just was a little sick. Maybe if you're going yeah. on the theory of um, if she wasn't pregnant, or. Again, because it takes a little longer to get pregnant. It just doesn't happen right away. Yeah. Or, you know, um, Chino was shooting blanks this whole time. Yeah, it could just be that it didn't, like, hadn't, it was too late. Like, it didn't have time to react. Like, her body did not have time to actually. But then again, it showed symptoms of, like, her pregnancy. This is where I wish they kind of had something, because they kept mentioning the six-months thing. So I really want to know. I really want to know if they were, like, stretching the idea of saying, like, it's been six months. Because even having the thing in, like, six months. And had she blown up, it would have been, like, okay, she was too late. Like, they were just too late to tell them, so they didn't have time to Mm -hmm. do anything. Like, she wasted their time, so they said, fuck it, you're done. Yeah, I, I I think you're right though. I think I think you've found the key to this because I I was like, what? 
but no, everything you say makes sense. Like, actually, it makes me like the movie a little bit better now. <laughs> and, and, and and like, I like this movie to begin with. I thought I thought it's like it. I I think it. I think it still has a lot of problems, but I like it a little better now that that you gave your theory there. I th- I think that fits perfectly. I think that is kind of what was going on. Again, the movie just. It has problems spelling a lot of this shit out in, in, a, in a way that makes it, like, coherent half the time. So, yeah, just, I, yeah. I, think you're, I think you're right. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of plot holes within, like, what I'm saying. But then again, this movie had a lot of plot holes. So, yeah. even, like, my explanation could be better yeah, than... Yeah, I mean, (laughs) even if if your explanation is correct, and I think it is, even then, like, I don't know if they necessarily knew how to properly set that up logically to to make sense even to them. So, like, yeah, we're we're piecing it together here, but I I feel like you pieced it together. I think you have. (laughs) I just, like I said, I just wish because like that ending like when she found out like she was pregnant and if that's the case that is a really interesting ending but i wish there was more like psychological anything about this movie but instead it was just two people being playful and her being like i don't want to get pregnant i don't want to like there was just something lacking like i just wish i had more because like like i said the the points where they were good they were really good but the points that lacked really lacked like it Mm. was just but the idea, the idea of the patriarchy ending her because she won't get pregnant by a certain amount of time is a that very... She, yeah, that's, that's a good one, too. That's very, that's very cynical and pessimistic, and it feels like, from what I've read about this director, it feels like the kind of thing he would put on, on screen. Yeah, like, because she's in denial of being pregnant, like, she's mad about being pregnant. Mm-hmm. It, like, could have been that what set it off, because it's like, nope, she needs to be proud to be a mother. Like, she's a woman. She must breed babies. So, that could be an idea as well. Like, because mm-hmm. she's rejecting the child, um, it rejected her. Yeah. That could be, t- that. man. I like it. I like it a lot. I think I thought a lot about this. Like, you did <laughs> a lot more. I, 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 I wonder. I wonder why some of the themes in this would be resonating with you. I I, I don't know. I think a big thing for me was thinking like the pregnancy, like the end of six months, because when I heard about it and um, they were taking all this evidence, I'm like, she doesn't want to have kids. She's going to get killed by the end. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, okay, so this is going into a little of like current events but like um with a lot of trans issues right now it's people saying like what's a woman what's a woman and using that as an argument mm-hmm. and i told somebody it's because they asked me what's a woman i'm like me i'm a woman and people who identify as a female are female like are women and um he posts this thing to me being like it's not just me women are mad at this too because i think women womanhood is at loss and they showed me this thing where it said i've had this many miscarriages i've had this many children i have menopause i'm proud to be a woman and i'm like i can't have kids but i can't have i mean i intentionally made myself to not have kids but (laughs) or prevent myself from having kids i should Mm -hmm. say um and i'm like does that make me any less of a woman and then he argues with like well what do you think a woman is (laughs) And then he, and I, I just remember being like, so you just think of me as a baby maker yeah. who could lose my baby or could hit menopause. And that makes me a female. Like that's literally what separates me from the rest. The things that I dread in life are literally what can make me a woman. Yeah. So 
this movie, when I saw her dread, I felt that dread. I felt that like hatred to not wanting to have kids, especially in the world that it's in. Cause I have, I would have that same mentality. If I was in like a post-apocalyptic world, um, there's high chances I wouldn't want to breed a child because mm-hmm. I would just say, fuck it, just end humanity. Like, why would I make this child suffer and probably breed with their cousins because they're so low population? Right. Like, I'm not saying that I'm, there's other people who totally be willing. It's just me personally, I wouldn't want to. Like, I, mm-hmm. I barely want to have children now because our future is so fucking grim and dark. So uh, when it came to the end of the movie, that was the right way. Like, I knew, I'm like, she's going to get killed because she doesn't want to have kids because women are seen yeah. as just breeding and you're bringing up the patriarchy like that's how it is there's all these men around her and there's um this woman who was so willing and he was so willing to be with her and she was going to kill him because she was so willing to replace her mm-hmm. and she just wanted to exist she didn't yeah. want to have to have children she didn't want her purpose in life just to be to have children and i can respect that yeah and yeah, the only the only surprise for me, honestly, was that it wasn't it wasn't Chino that killed her. Like I, I figured Chino yeah. would like just snap and kill her because she refused or whatever. Or I thought she would end up killing herself when she got pregnant. Right. She really didn't want to bear a child, or like do something like uh, get caught trying to abort the child on her own. So like the black guys dressed in black um, came and been like, "You're off. You're killing you." Also, you know. Another hint that Chino ain't that great of a guy to begin with. Like when they're in the waterfall there and they they got the mud on them, he makes some crack about oh fallen black people in the Garden of Eden or whatever the fuck he says. Like you, you fuck, fuck you, dude. Hold on, him fucking the other girl. Well, yeah, that's the same bed as his wife, and the next day being like, I don't know where this woman is. Huh? We'll have to go look for her, and then like trying to bang her wife again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's Chino's not a good guy. Not a good guy. And, at like all. he wouldn't have sex with her. He didn't want to have sex with her because she didn't want to have a kid. It wasn't that she didn't want to have sex. She was ready to go. He mm-hmm. was ready to fuck some sand. Yeah, he, but because he, she didn't want to have a kid. Because his 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 little sand sculpture there, that had a vagina on it too. Like, and he was naked. So and he was licking those nipples. Yeah, he was licking that that stone the seashell nipples or whatever the fuck he used. Not judging because. They haven't gotten laid in a while, and like at that point, any sort of relief is relief. So I will not say anything. But to lick the sand. Has anyone then, told? Yeah, but has anyone told Chino about masturbation? It's really good. It's probably just a visual thing. Again, yeah, I guess. The sand. They got the actor to lick the sand. <laughs> it's just all I have to say. I don't care. Yeah. Like the whole thing was funny to me, and I thought that it kind of played on the whole like insanity of like not getting laid. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a good. Because he's not fucking, right? He only wants to fuck to produce versus she wants to fuck for pleasure. Mm-hmm. So him having this can, like, allow him to fuck for pleasure because it's not no chance of getting this thing pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Because he wants to he wants to fuck her only for, like, like, tell, like not allowing her to have pleasure because he needs to fuck her, specifically mm-hmm. for children. So yeah. he has to punish her. He'd rather fuck sand than fuck his wife. Yeah, go pound sand takes a whole takes that that saying and uh, to a whole new meaning. I think you know. And okay, I'm just gonna say this right now. If I had a a partner that was making out with sand on the ground, I'm not gonna come afterwards and be like, I'm gonna make out with you. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a real turn off. That'd be so gross. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into I'm not into sand fuckers either. Honestly, like it's it's a no. Yeah, no. I'll be like, yeah, okay. You 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 get you get sand in your uh, foreskin. 
see how that feels. As a popular saying goes, you do you, boo. Yeah, you do you, boo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I think we actually, uh, I think we uncovered, definitely uncovered some things that I didn't think about on this. So uh, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I think I would appreciate a remake. Mm-hmm. But I don't want like a Hollywood production that wants to make a lot of money. I want someone who's like hates the world as much as this director does, <laughs> and um, the same idea of like not going too complicated, like basic budget, basic things. Just just um, tight, just tighten it up a bit. Like tighten the story up. Maybe get rid of like the whole explanation because he explains a little too much and then not enough. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's like okay, we don't need. Just just mention the plague. You don't have to like show the beginning. The like they could be stuck. They could start off in the government camp or whatever where they get relocated, you know. Yeah, even uh, at the beginning, like because they have that, and at the end of them driving, it could just be shots of like the TV series of like what's going on. Mm-hmm. So like as they're trying to get out or as they're like escaping, we could say it'd be like plague here. Oh, yellow zone. And yeah. then it's like the video of like everyone dying and then this, and then them finding the bus and then them fight getting to the camp. And then like, cause that's still, you kind of skip that intro part yeah, yeah. or, or I would have been cool with that intro part. Cause again, it could have had that idea of just giving up. Like who mm. gives a fuck, but like, dive deep into it even more like you see people dying like in the diner like right beside them and that people right. like walking over them or something like just something that really shows like they're aloof and like yeah. jaded and like it, they're disassociated mm-hmm. yeah uh anything else you want to say about this before we uh sort of wrap up no i think i think it's a movie that i really wanted to like mm-hmm. but unfortunately the parts that were really bad just took me out of the movie so yeah i get that unfortunately it's a it's a no for me i mm-hmm. i wanted to like it i really really did and even at the end and the parts that were really good i fucking loved it's just it carried on with so much blah yeah that is it okay uh so i don't have any uh budget or box office for this uh, i i mean he went on to make more movies i assume maybe this made a little bit of money who knows maybe some it was it was super clever it was Mm -hmm. a super clever movie it was there was so much potential it just i'm one of those people i need a lot of action or i need a lot of like intense psychological something to get me Mm -hmm. involved but this had neither yeah just had a spurts i'm not Uh, a patient person (laughs) uh so this doesn't really there's not a lot of releases for this there's a couple like dvd releases and uh, the best way to watch this is on archive.org. Uh, there's a decent copy on there, and uh, that's where I sourced it from. Uh, one piece of trivia here. The surreal symbolic red gun with the bright spots on it can also be seen in other Marco Ferrari films. Dillinger is dead and don't touch the white woman. So that's just like a little director's kind of thing he throws in in a bunch of his movies i guess so you know cool whatever um and so yeah we we get to uh, pick our next movie now and uh it's, it's my turn so uh i'm going to go with maria Teresa piaggio as the priest okay. and in their filmography is 1974's enter the devil which is apparently Ooh. 
got like Satan and nuns and some, and it looks like a, it looks like a trashy Euro exploitation film. I have to say, um, since doing this podcast, I've finally been able to kind of explore a lot more movies than I'd normally watch. Mm -hmm. And I did not realize like how many fucked up Italian movies there were. Oh yeah. Like it just, I don't even understand how I didn't even know this. Like how was I so like sheltered from all of this? Cause wow. Like we are now, like, I feel like we're starting to get into this rabbit hole of finding these, um, weird and unusual Italian movies and um, the storylines, like, while, like I said, some of them might not keep me entertained, um, I'm blown away by, like, the creativity of some of these movies and, like, the story and how they did stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it is really cool rabbit hole to be going down. Yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it. We are going to take off here. Uh, Lady Lee, where can yes. people find you on the interweb? At Mighty Tiny Star on Instagram, where I will post updates of the podcast so whenever lee releases a podcast i will let you know excellent and you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com that's where you can find our uh links and all of our episodes and you can join our facebook group they must be destroyed on site on facebook and that's the best way to get in touch with us and uh, yeah until then We'll be back with, uh, what did I call it? Enter the Devil, I think is what the fucking... Enter the Devil, yes. Enter the Devil. Yeah, and uh, you should also, we're probably going to have a guest this month too, uh, trying to work out uh, to get uh, Robbie Robertson back um, because we want to do The Limey, which is a nice crime film from the 1990s. Starring uh, Terrence Stamp, the guy who played Zod in Superman 2. Exciting! Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, until then, uh, thank you, Lady Lee. and Thank you. And thank you all for listening, and we'll be back when we're back. Goodbye. Bye.
You've been listening to TMB DOS. They must be destroyed on site. For further episodes of this podcast, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts and pretty much any podcatcher that you can find. Thank you. Drive through.